Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, we hit the realignment radar, considering some impactful names for the Red Raiders so far this season. And also, keep your programs handy as we refresh our Red Alert QB depth chart. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks to those making us their first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. And new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you, man, as we are inching closer to a return to Jones Stadium as it's Texas Tech and Houston Saturday afternoon. And what you may not be aware of out there is kind of an interesting period here as we get about a month into a season with sort of a new layer to the college football onion for a coach to consider. And we'll get into that today with head coach Joey McGuire. We're talking about some redshirt considerations, but it's because of that four-game window, have they played three, have they played four? Where are some of these young guys that are making an impact? And certainly there is an impact being felt, Chris, by some young guys we've mentioned already. And you will hear here again from Joey McGuire some familiar names and some of those who are on that red shirt radar. Let's get started with some general thoughts on that impact from head coach Joey McGuire. The one thing that you got to do is you got to have next man up mentality and you know you go back to the next man up uh mike dingle uh played more than he has played and made some big plays and will play more uh, i was really proud of jordan sanford played really well you know guys to me that have are making some uh really uh playing some really good snaps for us that are young or dylan spencer jordan sanford bj jordan uh michael dingle and so excited to see that but what's great about those guys that we're talking about they're all mid-year guys, so they did have the benefit of going through spring, going through that. You know, you don't want to play a lot of freshmen, but sometimes whenever they're ready to play, then you got to let them roll. Uh, you're going to see a bigger role in Dingle this week at linebacker because he deserves it. He's earned it, and um, you know. And so when you earn that, then you should get more snaps. I think you're not real sure what this is going to look like. You have certain intentions, I think, going into the season, and there's guys that you think are more ready than others, but then the the variables change, uh, whether it be injury or somebody progresses or, or whatever the case may be. I think we know the following. Brendan Jordan and Jordan Sanford, those guys are not going to redshirt, in my opinion. I just don't I don't see a scenario to where you just shut them down for the rest of the year. I think Chapman Lewis is a guy they would love to, to redshirt. And I think uh, we'll see you know, how that looks. But I think you're starting to hear some names like and you hear Coach talking about uh, Miguel Dingle. Um, I, I'm just going to call him Mike. Um, and then uh, and then you have, like, John Curry's name is mentioned all of a sudden. And we'll get into yep. to why on these linebackers. I think when you the, – the context here is that, one, this is a position that there wasn't a lot of experience here. Jacob Rodriguez is out, according to Coach McGuire, for another month, uh, which is a bit longer than I think they'd hoped. Uh, he was a starter. I think, you know, 
Josiah Pierre has had a few injury scares. Um, he is he came off the game at Oregon. I th- no, maybe it was against Tarleton. Uh, kind of got dinged up last week against uh, West Virginia, and so not real sure what that's going to look like. Although I think he's going to be okay long term, but in the immediate, we'll see. Um, and then you 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 hear the names, and and most people don't know these guys, but like the Trent Lowe's, the Wesley Smiths. The Wesley Smith played every game last year, at least on special teams. Um, as a true freshman, and he's going to get his redshirt year this year. And, and, you know, even like a Ben Roberts, who has now been inserted in the starting lineup, he missed the the bulk of August, uh, or a lot of it, because he was just dinged up. And so he didn't have a lot of practice. And the same goes for Ty Kana, who I think has also been dealing with uh, some injury things and is just a bit behind because of it. So I think, you know, and then I think Tyreek Matthews is another name. Upperclassman, he would have been like one of your first subs that you would have thought coming into the season. But he he tweaked a hamstring a few weeks ago. Point is, you've got a variety of different issues, not much experience, a lot of bodies at one point, now not so much. So I think, I think because of Dingle's speed, uh, I think because he plays really fast, like the thing about you know, we, we joked about it, and I think Coach DeRuiter said it this way because Coach DeRuiter graduated from the Air Force, and he goes, he goes in the Air Force, what they would call, you know, Mike Dingle is like all thrust, no vector, which yeah. means he's going somewhere really fast, but maybe not necessarily sure of where or why or whatever. The thing about him on the field is that something is going to happen. <laughs> like, I don't know what, but something <laughs> is going to happen. <clears throat> he's going to get there in a hurry. He may go the wrong direction in a hurry, but – he is extremely active, and I think they like his his athleticism. Um, and I think if they can kind of continue to rep him and all that, you, you can't teach some of what he's got. And the way the rule is, Cowan, you can play any four regular season games that you want, and it doesn't it does it's not going to take away your red shirt. This doesn't count uh, any games that would be played for like a conference championship game or a bowl game. So this is regular season only. But you step on that field, whether it be special teams or or defense or offense, or whatever, for one play, and that that game is done. You know, you you burn that game, so you've got four, you know, to mess with. And I don't know if I've missed anybody else defensively. Well, Dylan Spencer is one. I think that box is checked. I think he's playing. I mean, I think you can forget about <laughs> any sort of red shirt with him. I think he's in. So it just so happens that a lot of these guys at positions of need because of injury or or progression or both, they're in the mix. But I think Dingle is kind of close to the Dylan Spencer category and the and the uh, Brendan Jordan and Jordan Sanford categories where they're just they're in now. It's kind of amazing to see how quickly things can change. Obviously, because yeah. of impact with other players and injury or whatever it might be, and who knows uh, what could change in, in some of the weeks to come. And I hope this isn't too into the weeds uh, for some of our viewers or listeners, but it is something that I think at least speaking for myself as a fan, I'm trying to acclimate myself to as far as just getting used to Chris, because it's an advantage to be used or not, I think for any program. And if you're not really on it, as far as guys that you can use to make an impact while also positively impacting their future on this level, then you're probably not Uh, on that leading edge like you'd like to be as a coach or as a coaching staff. So bear with us as we go through some of this. And I want to let you take a listen to some of those names that you're alluding to there and mentioning Chris. And you can tell when you hear Joey McGuire that, you know, the thought process is is still playing out. But Coach McGuire does take us through that realignment, or I'm sorry, uh, Freudian slip, 
red shirt radar <laughs> that we're kind of running down here. Let's take a listen again to head coach Joey McGuire. First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book and the official sports book of Locked On. And the NFL season is on and popping, and the only place to be in the center of all the action is with America's number one sports book. And right now, new FanDuel customers can bet five bucks and get 200 bucks in bonus bets back, guaranteed. But there's more. All customers, new or old, who bet $5 are going to get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Translation right now is the best time to join FanDuel by downloading their safe, secure, and easy-to-use app where you can bet on anything and everything. And when you're a winner, you're always paid instantly with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on and take advantage of their NFL kickoff offer that you can't afford to miss from FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Let's take a listen again to head coach Joey McGuire. These guys, we talk constantly. I mean, I get a report, and I know who goes in the game and everything, but I, uh, Huff gives me my report every Sunday, and then we start talking through how we're going to do this. Um, you know, because another guy that you'll start seeing, probably on special teams, but to get his four games is John Curry, um, who's playing, practicing really well. But, you know, with Dingle, he's played in two games. And, you know, whenever we've talked about it before, we've had this conversation with Dingle, and I'm like, hey, let's don't worry about anything until we get through three games. And then let's decide, you know, at the level you're playing at and how many snaps you're playing. Your O-line and D-line are usually a different story that you – they're usually not prepared to come in and play just because of the strength uh, of uh, the position that they have to play. Um, it's hard for a freshman to play in those areas. But when you're a skill guy, linebacker, maybe an edge rusher, if you've got the talent um, and you can play, it's one of those things you really have to look at even harder about redshirting them because, again, to go, be healthy four years or five years in this game is really hard to do. That just It's like it's – I don't know if there's anybody on this roster that hadn't been banged up for a number of games throughout their career. And so um, it's one of those deals. If And they, they, these guys are awesome. You know, Jordan Sanford has played in three games. Uh, Brennan Jordan, I didn't expect to redshirt him. And so we haven't changed our thought uh, process on him. But the guys that – I think the three guys that we really have to look at, um, we're still a game away with Mike. So, you know, he's playing this week. Uh, Jordan and Chappie are the other two that um, have played in three games that we really dive into. Do we feel good about their backups? Are they going to play enough reps, you know, to continue? And is this the game that we play them? Um, there's no doubt this is the game we play them to help us win. We're 1-3 right now. We're 0-1 in conference. And so, you know, you think about the red shirts whenever it's their third game going into their fourth game after this game. You know, this is part of roster management, and that's one of the yep. the, the biggest things for a, a coach. It's 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 how you how you allocate scholarships, offense to defense. Do, do you scholarship a kicker? Do you? But but also like managing your your roster within the season and like playing this this eligibility game, if you will, <laughs> yeah. on if 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 you you know want to burn a guy or or whatever. Um, and, and I'll tell you the, the, the way Joey goes about the, the whole red shirt or with his true freshman is, is a bit different than I think the way it used to be. And part of that is because of this new rule. 
I think he gets really frustrated and, and put your put your mind in the or, or think about it if you're one of these 18, 19 year old kids that has just shown up. Odds are it's going to be very difficult for you to play and play meaningful snaps. So what a lot of guys do and used to do, because used to used to try to redshirt a whole class if you could. Well, and, and guys show up and they kind of in some ways they mentally check out. They just kind of get through it. I'm not really needed. I'm just kind of acclimating to school. I'm kind of going through the motions at practice a little bit. Not that everybody does that. And Joey despises this mindset because he <laughs> he, he he really wants to look at all of those freshmen and say, you need to prepare like you are playing every single Saturday. And, and what we're seeing is some of them are. Yeah. Um, and and I because I, I don't think he wants to like see a kid waste a year. He wants their best on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and all that. And it's hard for a young person to kind of grind away at it. And there's no payoff of running out of the tunnel with a uniform on and getting to play in a game and all that stuff. You know, it's not like it was in high school when you, you got the reward of playing on a Friday night. Right. Um, But, but it's, it's difficult because you're kind of riding this emotional wave of like, am I in or am I out? And I think he's trying to get them all trained to, because I think it tells them a lot about what they, how much they love this. And I think it tells yeah. you a lot about the guys that are are have worked their way into the mix about how hard they're practicing. And there's some need there on the defensive side. Fortunately, on the offensive side, you haven't really needed to, to go this route uh, with anybody. Now, we'll talk about it in, here in a little bit, but you're this close with Jake Strong. Yes, you, you are. Know, having, to, having, to, having to potentially, you know, insert him in, uh, depending on how things go. So, uh, but but you, you you thankfully don't have to push anybody into the mix. And, and he's right on the lineman. It's funny because Dylan Spencer looks like a 25-year-old man. When you see him, you're like, good Lord. And yet he's a baby. Like he's a pup. He, he's going to, like in two or three years, whenever he gets in that weight room and he's and he's invested in the nutrition part of what they do, he's going to carry 25 to 30 pounds easily. Um, and it's he's going to look like a different human. Um, but he still looks old right now. But you have to remember, he's, he's a pup. Now, he was – but – the early enrollee part, and that's also the, the the game changer, man, because I think you put yourself in a great position to acclimate much faster and can help because you've spent an extra six to nine months on campus, whereas well, some guys don't show up until June. The season starts in, in August, essentially, and it's just not enough time to acclimate unless you're a freak. Uh, but more and more kids are, are, are enrolling early and it just, it, it, it helps them in so many different ways. And we're seeing that. If you enrolled early, aside from say like being a quarterback or maybe in the trenches, you enroll early and you really make good use of that time more than half a year. I mean, eight months, I don't know what we're talking about. I mean, how could you almost not avoid making the roster, really? I mean, it depends on what program you're joining, obviously, and, and what the roster's like, how stacked it is. But I I guess we almost shouldn't be surprised when some of these guys crack through because they have been on the job for not quite a year, but uh, more time than you're talking about where it could be, you know, two, three months <laughs> that they might yeah. have arrived and how healthy are they, all that goes with it. So it's a different experience and a different calendar. There's no question uh, about that, Chris. And it's just like, I, I don't think people like grasp. It was funny because I, I obviously work uh, at, at Lovett Cooper and I was talking to Caden Carr, who is one of your linemen, enrolled early. I was around Caden a lot during last year's season. This is a kid who's 
325. I think he actually pushed his way up the depth chart a little bit, although you don't want to have to play a true freshman offensive lineman. Right. But I remember talking to him in the spring, and I remember him saying, it's just so much different. I feel so much more advanced. And he was talking to, to one of his former high school teammates and a kid that was going to go to Abilene Christian. And he's like, he's just kind of, you know, doing whatever on the weekends and just kind of doing the high school thing. And it's like, th- th- these are completely different lives yeah. that, that you're living. And, and it, it's, it's how you eat, how you train, <laughs> how you practice, all the stuff. And then the school that comes with it, but it's just, it's hard to, you, you just can't replace that six to nine months. And I think we're seeing that because we, there's a lot of these kids that we're ta- calling their name right now that I remember when we broadcasted that spring game, they were all over the field. I mean, Chapman yep. Lewis was one of your best tacklers all throughout spring. And I think Joey would tell you, I really want to make sure that we get about 10, 15 more pounds on him before I, you know, turn him loose. And can he hold up? I don't want to put him in a disadvantage, but it's, it's kids like that that I think are really good players and they've just put their best foot forward because they've been here for, for so many months. And th- these are the guys we're going to talk about all next summer and next offseason because this is the next wave. You're going to graduate a ton on the defensive side of the ball, but this is now a wave of experience that these kids are starting to get. And hopefully, you know, we're, we're talking about them all for the next three to four years because they're just starting their careers here. Yeah, especially uh, Jordan Sanford and Lewis, defensive backs at law, just so we could continue to kind of use <laughs> yeah. uh, that firm motif. And before we leave the redshirt conversation, you use the word burn um, in the in the, the vein of using the redshirt, but it made me think also just how delicate of a situation this can be for the future of a guy and a coach wanting to be careful to not also burn the dude as far as his life or his time that he's got to spend on a college campus as a player, man, it's it's a delicate decision or a point to make a decision. I think, and 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 so let's let's talk about Joseph Adetere, who's who's dinged up right now, mind you. Uh, he's playing through some things. Um, you know, he's you know last Saturday had a big old shoulder brace on and everything like that. I think that they played him as a true freshman, and I think Joey kind of, you know, was like, man, if we can get away with it, I may may try to, you know, shut him down, you know, this year. If, again, and we could pick and choose what four games we use him. I don't know how this plays out. I think he was playing so well. I don't know how his injury is going to factor in there. But I think, and and like Wesley Smith is a perfect example, he's going to just so happen to get his redshirt year in year two. And Joey's point about guys get dinged up. So just because we burn them now and we we play them as true freshmen – they could get their redshirt year as a sophomore or a junior or whatever, um, you know, down the line because, but they're needed right now and they, they deserve to play. Yep. Okay. So keep an eye out for those guys and maybe a little bit earlier on in the year than we wanted it to happen, but because of some of the necessity of the situation, it's kind of flushed out a little bit. Maybe some of these redshirt conversations you would have earlier than you thought, but you know, those guys we've been talking about that we're naming here, um, the law firm and Dingle and uh, Dylan Spencer, maybe those were going to happen this early anyway, because they were going to get run right out of the gates. And speaking of some run out of the gates here this week, Chris, I hope it is a one horse race as it relates to the Red Raider quarterback, because I'm not wanting to see what is now going to be described basically as your red alert QB death chart. Now you've mentioned Jake Strong. That's only the beginning of it. My friends, let's take a listen here as we run through some names 
you may have to consult your program guide over to figure out just exactly who could actually take a snap if it went poorly, if it went crisis mode and you had injuries or whatever it might be to what now consists of Baron Morton as the single experienced in-game on this level quarterback on your roster. Let's take a listen to Red Raider head coach Joey McGuire running those down. Let's take a listen to Red Raider head coach Joey McGuire running those down. Kind of going to be a mixture of guys. Um, you know, we've got a couple of receivers that have done it, um, you know, and two that are extremely intelligent. Um, but Brady Boyd uh, could be a guy that could come in and take snaps. Of course, we would uh, have some different things in the run game. Um, you know, with Taj and, and uh, Nehemiah Martinez. And then a guy that, you know, I'm telling you all, he might have the best arm on the team is Coy Aiken. Um, I think uh, if – in high school, if they didn't have a quarterback like they had, Coy would probably be the quarterback. And if Coy didn't catch the ball the way he did, um, you know, because he's done it uh, before. So if we get to that point, those guys could do it. Okay, so one of them may have the best arm on the team. That's good to hear. But these are not guys we want to see in that position on Saturday, Chris. But it's just kind of interesting to me as a fan to hear how creative uh, they're having to get. I mean, it's gotten very real very quickly, obviously, without Tyler Shuck. Okay, yeah, so Shuck is is out. Uh, Barron is obviously dealing with, uh, you know, s- some issues, but I think they, they expect him to play. And so Jake Strong is is behind him. He was your quarterback signee. True freshman, was an early enrollee. That would be very difficult for Jake Strong to, ha- to come in. And, and I think if you had no choice, this is what's happening because he would back up Barron Morton. No. But what happens – Okay, it, it, crisis mode is what happens if if it goes that way and then Jake gets hurt. There, there's a young man named Will Burns that's on the team. He's listed as a quarterback. I think he was actually talked about by by Joey a little bit or glossed over or whatever. And and I think they would not go that route. He's also a freshman, I believe, uh, and I think he was actually maybe here in the spring, but I, I I can't remember. But he's actually came here from California, and he's playing baseball for Tim Tadlock. I think he counts – he's either on partial scholarship or something, but he's a baseball player here. So the minute he were to step on the field in a football uniform, he would trigger a scholarship to your allotment for football. And and I don't – yeah, and I don't think – and and this this is a rule in place where you don't – use other sports to like beef up your football team. You don't like come in, Hey man, come here and play baseball. Wink, wink. And we're really just recruiting another football player. Right. So there's rules in place because football is the one that gets uh, dinged for these scholarships just because, so it doesn't allow schools to kind of stack up extra players on, on other programs. And it's like, it's amazing how many like stud walk-ons we've got, or these other players from these other sports. Right. Um, so that so I, I don't think that's the plan. I don't think they want to do that. I don't think that was at any level the plan. And I don't think he's ready. Just like I don't think yeah. Jake Strong is ready. It's not their fault. They're just they just got here, and that's a difficult position to play, right? Okay. So you you see Joey talking about all the the, the names that potentially could take snaps, whether it be regular quarterback scenario or wildcat or whatever. I mean, even I think even uh, Zach Kittley was joking that Miles Price was like, "Hey, man." I'm I'm down for a little wildcat, you know, QB snaps if you if you need me, uh, but it, it's you, you got to have these plans in place. 
So Nehemiah Martinez, uh, I think you hear Brady Boyd, you hear Coy Aiken, you hear Xavier White, uh, you hear uh, Taj Brooks, uh, Miles Price, obviously wanting to, to hey, don't, don't forget about me. So you, you just hope, hope, and I know hope is not a strategy, even though I tell people every day, <laughs> keep it alive. You hope that it doesn't come to that, uh, because that would be – because do you remember the OU-Texas game last year when Dylan Gabriel went down for Oklahoma? And yep. they just did not think that their quarterback was anywhere near ready. And they basically put in like a full offense of just like wildcat QB type stuff. And they got destroyed. I mean, Texas beat them. I don't know. It was 42 nothing, 49 nothing or so. It was just, it was awful, lopsided and all that just because they were so compromised at the quarterback position. And you just hope that uh, that you don't ever have to go that route. So, you know, because ideally, Baron Morton will start this Saturday and then the rest of the game is on the way out. But as we've yep. seen, better have some alternate plans just in case because uh, we're used to having to play multiple quarterbacks around here. And is there anything Coy Aiken can't do? Just add it to the resume, maybe the best arm on the team, rodeo champ, all of the above, and all points in between. Chris, do you think it's – just before we get out of here, like this has to be a consideration this week. The evolving of an offense with a different quarterback is one thing, but the evolving of an offense with a different quarterback and he's the only guy that you really feel like you could rely on at all is kind of another thing. And you don't ever want to tie yourself down because you're afraid of injury or things like that, but there's also a balance when you're trying to be smart, right? So I we've talked so much about running your quarterback leading into the year and through the first few weeks with Shuck. Is there any foot off of that pedal this week, or is it still to the floor, you think? Oh, I, th- I think uh, I think you'll definitely see them, you know, be very picky and choosy about going that route. I think that is short yardage or goal line situations, maybe, uh, or it's just off the table. Um, and I think that, you know, again, you're, people all always ask, why do you continue to run your quarterback? Well, I mean, Tyler Shuck, it had nothing to do with him running the other day on a on a scramble that got him hurt. It was just like – because then I think Barron's the same way. He was flushed from the pocket, and it wasn't like a called QB run. But, you know, it, it's just a rough sport, and, like, guys get dinged up. And whether you call them – but I think you want to limit their contact if you can. Uh, and, and I think purposely, you know, not calling QB runs cause you're not running QB power with Baron Morton, like you were with, uh, with Shuck. I know he doesn't have, that's just not what he's good at. He doesn't have the body for that, but Baron's an athletic quarterback. And I think that you're, you have to let him maneuver around in the pocket and all those things. And he should tuck it and go if he sees it. Now he's just got to be smart about it and get down and slide and all those kinds of things. But I mean, you think about it, he's just. He's one targeting hit away. He's one blindside coming behind. And then it's like, okay, Jake Strong. Because, I mean, I remember sitting there on the sideline uh, in – I'm trying to remember the year. It would have been like 13 or 14 when Pat Mahomes got got the call up and he was going to start. You're playing Texas at nighttime. And then he gets hit and he's concussed and he's walking off the field. And you could tell he does not know where he's at. And Cliff Perfect. Kingsbury was like, hey, man, are you good? And he Cliff just turned away and was like, F-bomb. Like, uh-oh. And then I think it was young Testaverde that went in right. there. And then the rest was history. But that – it just – sometimes – but, yeah, I, I just think you have to be careful about 
yeah, putting them in harm's way and, and calling QB runs. No, I think they will. Yeah. Um, but I, I, having said that, I think you're, it does limit you in some aspects because you, you know, you can't, the, the defense knows this too. You know, I think Dana even hinted at it. You know, I know what I'd do. I would yes. run him. That's what I, that's what I thought that Neil Brown would do. I thought they would be very careful about Markiel and they turn him, his butt loose. That's right. You know, he had, he was like 80 yards rushing. Um, and, and he got tackled quite a bit because the other kids over there in an emergency situation only probably a bit different because I know they know Garrett Green is coming back within the next week or two. So it's probably a bit different that's true. scenario than when Shuck is just out for the next uh, six to eight weeks at least. Well, I, I think too, you know, you've got to consider your quarterback's going to take some shots. It right. hadn't been pretty really up front for Tech this year, obviously. So you're going to take some shots in the natural flow of the game. And God only knows what else could come your way. But possibly if you could uh, not help put your quarterback in harm's way in some of those instances, maybe it'd be a good decision here this week. And they're two different quarterbacks, as you pointed out, as far as Shuck's body versus Morton's and, and what they're better at doing. So that would probably uh, be adjusted to a degree anyway just by virtue of the change. Okay, we're back around for one more coming up tomorrow before we wrap it up and get ready for Red Raiders and Cougars Saturday afternoon from Jones Stadium. Uh, we'll be back together on the other side of Chris's conversation with Joey McGuire. Does that weekly on Thursday night, so we'll have that to discuss tomorrow. In addition to some other things, want to take a listen to a couple of thoughts from our old buddy Dana Holgerson as well to wrap up the week, Chris. So we'll do that and get into the Big 12 slate as we uh, get set for the weekend, man. Looking forward to it. Thanks for the time, as always. Enjoy your Thursday, people. Keep hope alive, everybody. You got it. And subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. And we hope to see you for the next round right back here on Locked on Texas Tech.